So now you get a little taste of heaven. Uh, <clears throat> knowing what it is to be a true worshiper. Yes, sir. A true worshiper of God. Uh, I know it's not going to be a quiet place. That's right. That's right. There's going to be a lot of singing, rejoicing. Amen. Probably what you've seen tonight, dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Any of you ever read in the Bible about David, King David? Yeah. You read uh, in uh, the book of uh, First Samuel about King David and the kind of man he was. And of course, he, he succeeded uh, King Saul. And uh, King Saul basically... Uh, failed God and wasn't really obedient to his word. So as a result, the Lord allowed David to come on the scene. And, and um, when he chose David, think about David. You read that in the scripture where, where the Lord said about David, he said he was a man after my, my own heart. And that was one of the reasons why the Lord looked upon David like he did. And if, if you study about David's life and you study the kind of person he was, of course, you know, he was a, he was a king. He was the king of Israel. He was, a, he was obviously a king that uh, not just, uh, uh, how would I say, uh, bound to his political duties, but he was a person that loved God. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to be permeate from him and even when they brought the ark of God back to Jerusalem after it was in captivity in, in, with, with the Philistines uh, it wasn't something that he you know took lightly it was a, it was a, it was a big event it was if you want to say it in our modern day uh, language it was a big to do right a big celebration in other words and uh, the Bible says about him that he, as they were bringing the ark back into Jerusalem, uh, he danced before the Lord. He danced with all of his might. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he did in such a way that he offended his, his wife, uh, Michelle. However they pronounce it, I heard people say, Michael, Michelle, Michael. However they pronounce the name, that's a Jewish, that's a translation of the Jewish. But uh, he offended her, and uh, she wasn't uh, <coughs> hesitant to let him know that she was offended at his behavior when they brought the Ark of the, of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. And she basically told David, you made a fool out of yourself mm-hmm. in the eyes of all Israel. Mm-hmm. But you know what David's response was? He said that, uh, you know... This is what I feel. I want to. I'm a worshiper of God. Amen. I want to worship God. So. But you know what happened to her? She became barren. Right. She wasn't able to have children. And uh, so there's a lesson in that. I guess we we Jesus talked about being called to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And uh, the Lord is not looking for people that are 
um, not serious. Uh, he's not looking for people that are reserved, people that are quiet, people that are inactive. He's looking for people that want to worship him in spirit Amen. and truth. Amen. Worship him. With that, with that uh, frame of mind, guess what? It's going to be just like what we experience in here all the time. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. Worshiping him in that way. In song, in dance, and uh, with our voice, with instruments. I don't know if they did have... Uh, uh, I, I couldn't tell you the name of the instruments, uh, um, the dulcimer, uh, there was quite a few string instruments that uh, was uh, used in, in the worship there. Uh, one of them was a ten-stringed instrument, and they used that to worship the Lord. So, well, we have a six-string and we have a four-string. And, of course, that piano over there, uh, electric piano, but... It's, it's, it's built like a regular piano. 88 keys, so would you say 88 strings? You probably would say that. <laughs> we use that to worship the Lord. And of course, we use these to worship God. Amen. Amen. And we use this to worship God. Amen. We use our whole body and our mouth, our lips. Worship and praise is, is powerful. Amen. Amen. Worship and praise is powerful. That's why the adversary of our soul would like to somehow quench the spirit of praise and worship. Mm -hmm. To keep us to a point where we cannot worship God the way the Lord wants us to worship Him. Uh, amen. We don't act like that when we're uh, trying to uh, back up our favorite football team, mm. basketball team, yeah. Yeah. hockey team, we're not quiet, are we? No. We're pretty loud and uh, we get excited. We're pretty vocal, aren't we? Yeah. We get besides ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And that's just like that. To worship God, we have to get to that place where we can do it freely like that. Because Amen. Let me tell you something. If any of you want to make heaven your home, if you read the scripture, you're going to be worshiping him for eternity. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. So, what I'm trying to say to you is, you better get used to it down here on earth. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do it up there. That's right. How many of you have... Uh, Express gratitude. Amen. When somebody does you a favor and somebody does a good deed and somebody, you know, helps you, gives you some kind of assistance and 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 when when they when you are when you are blessed that way and you experience that, when you experience benevolence, when you experience grace, when you experience mercy, uh, goodness, uh, love. Guess what? You're, you're, you're compelled to be thankful to that person. So you, you show that by, you know, whatever emotion you can show that happiness. And, and, and basically you, you want to 
return the favor. Um, and you know, it's that way with the Lord. Because really thinking about it, uh, He's here to uh, intervene in our lives, whether we realize it or not. God wants to intervene in our lives, Amen. whether we think we need Him or not. That's right. Uh, he wants to intervene in our lives. Take a good look at your life right now. Take a look at what's happening in your life right now. Take an uh, uh, honest evaluation. Be honest with your evaluation. Your examination of yourself. And ask yourself a question. Could my life be better than what it is right now? Huh? What do you think the answer would be? Now here's another question. Here's another question. Do you want your life to be better? Do you want to experience a better life? Some people hesitate on that one. But when we go through suffering, when we go through affliction, when we go through hardships, adversities, trial, temptation, you name it, tribulation. Tribulation means pressure. Pressure from all points. Pressure that comes to you from all points in your life. Could be mental, could be uh, emotional, could be physical, and even spiritual. People don't realize that. Why do you feel that way? Why? And the scripture talks about it in this way in the book of Ecclesiastes when Solomon was talking about all these different events of life. Everything that happened to us in life. I mean, a lot of things happen to us in life, don't they? Mm -hmm. We face a lot of issues. We face a lot of uh, different activities, different things going on in our life. Some things we can control, some things we can't control. Mm -hmm. But we experience it. There's, a, there's just a whole, uh, uh, whole uh, array of things. And sometimes... We, we get weary. How many of you have experienced weariness in your life? Be honest with yourself. Have you experienced uh, feeling a little bit uh, burdened? Grieved? Sometimes, you know, you know, all these, all these, all these activities, all these, what we experience in life uh, seem to, to do that to us. It weighs us down and so it makes us think about, geez, why, why am I going through this? And can I be able, can I be able to somehow be alleviate, something would happen that would alleviate the pain and the sorrow and the suffering and all the things that we go through. Well, that's what human nature experiences. Whether we're white, whether we're black, whether we're yellow, whether we're red. We experience all that. We experience all that. To some degree, we experience quite a bit of it. But sometimes we're in the state of denial. and We don't want to say, oh, I, I need some kind of help. I need help. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know a lot of things. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I know... Uh, I've been studying the scripture 
for quite a few years and uh, been walking with God for quite a few years. But I know one thing is this. We all need God. We all need God. That's a confession that a lot of people a lot of human beings don't want to make. Mm-hmm. We're, we're afraid to say that we need to depend on somebody. Mm. Mm. But we do. You depend on somebody whether you realize it or not. But uh, that's just the way it is. I'm just being honest with you. (laughs) I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel bad or anything like that. Amen. Let down your guards a little bit. Human nature is, uh, we like to put up our defenses right away and say, oh, don't talk to me about that. I'm glad the Lord came into my life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I I wasn't looking for him, but he found me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm glad he did. He, he, he intervened in my life. Yes, thank you, Lord. And uh, I'm glad he did, because I don't know where I'd be right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be here. The life I was living. Um, praise God. I needed, I needed some help, and finally found out who I could go to for help. Amen. Amen. And, and let me tell you something. He's never let me down. That's it. That's right. He's never let me down. And uh, he won't. He won't let you down. That's it. But we're we're in a precarious position because when you come to a place where you can see really uh, what it is as far as truth and how it comes to us and we see it and and uh, we understand all about it and and it puts us in a position where we we need to do something about it. Uh, a lot of people, when they see truth, when they hear truth, when they experience truth, it's like, uh, yes, it's sometimes it's too good to be true. But you know what? It is true. Mm-hmm. Amen. And God expects us to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Not by accident you're sitting in here today. That's it. Not by accident you're feeling what you're feeling right now. The, the God that created heaven and earth allowed you to come into his presence Amen. so you can experience that. So you can get a taste of what it's like, eternal life. And uh, you would turn with me in your Bibles, uh, if you have Bibles, uh, to the first epistle of John, going back toward the end of the Bible, close to the book of Revelation, right before the book of Jude. And the first epistle of John in chapter 1. And talking about, you know, truth and talking about what it is to come to truth. Jesus said this about it. He said, ye shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Our perception of the truth right now 
the truth that we do have right now is not based upon God. Our perception of truth is based upon something else. It's obviously man, uh, man has uh, put some degree of truth, not, not the real truth, but what they call truth. You know why this university is over here? A few, do a few blocks down here? Uh, that's my alma mater. That's where I went to school. Spent a lot of hours sitting in the classrooms, studying. Just like every other student that comes to that school and wants to learn. You know, uh, back in the day when I was, when I started high school, they would say, uh, what's your discipline? Nowadays, they say, what's your major? What you studying to be? So you would tell them, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a psychologist. I want to be a psychiatrist. I want to be a, a, a business person. And you, the, the list goes on and on, but you go there and you learn and you learn certain things. But you know what? Why is that, why is that institution there? Why is it there? Why do they have schools? Why do they have universities? Why do they have colleges? Anybody ever ask yourself the question? Oh, so we can go get some, some education. We can learn something. Well, that's true. But why is it they put up these, these uh, universities, the campuses, and all this? The word that is translated right now into the word we understand, and of course, a lot of body, everybody doesn't like this word. Some of you may like it, but some of you don't like it. The word science. How many of you love science in, in high school? Anybody love science? Yeah. Mathematics? Huh? We, we've got some intelligent people in this congregation. <laughs> huh? Because you wanted to learn. You wanted to, you wanted to learn something. But why is it we're given the opportunity to be educated? It's mm. a good question. Isn't it? To be enlightened. Mm. To know. How many of you want to know? Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, how many of you want to learn? Yes. Uh, how many of you have a desire to want to learn? Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, the reason why we have universities and colleges and junior colleges and trade schools and all these institutions that offer you some kind of vocation or some kind of degree in whatever it is that you want to go after, is you know why they're there? Is because they're searching for truth. Yeah. 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 And, and we talk about that word science. You know what science basically definition of science is this just knowledge. Looking for knowledge. Looking to learn something. But here's the thing. Now I'm really going to upset you now. <laughs> the, the type of knowledge that they want to teach you, that they want to impart to you, is nothing but intellectual knowledge. You know what I mean when I say intellectual? So how many have been to college? Raise your hands. Anybody been to college? 
How many of you have been finished high school? Raise your hands. How many of you are still in high school? How many have been to grade school? Uh, should have some people. We, we started somewhere. We went through the whole process. I went through all 12 years. And, and then how many more years after that? Quite a few years after that. But uh, all because we wanted to learn. But you know what it was? It was all intellectual knowledge. And all we did was feel this. With all kinds of information. Now, maybe it kind of uh, made us, in, in some sense, smarter. <laughs> maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe it didn't. And we felt it. You know what, you know what the Apostle Paul said? Knowledge puffeth up. Yeah. Yeah. People that get educated, you know what happened? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of, I, I can tell you that I, I know some people that are professors over there that, man, they think they they have the answer to everything. Yeah. When you get right down in their gizzard, you get them mad because they can't answer what you asked them. Yeah. But the knowledge they have, uh, now I'm going to say this. I say this because I've been studying the Word for almost 40 years. That's just a short time. I couldn't tell you how many times I read the Bible through. I know it's been quite a few times. I've studied Hebrew. I've studied Greek. It's kind of funny because I'm Lakota. Why did I go through all that? But guess what? I have, I have, and I still do, have a desire to know God. Amen. Amen. I want to know Him. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing about that kind of knowledge. I'm not talking bad about it. I'm just saying this. The level of knowledge that they give is just intellectual. Mm. Intellectual knowledge will not really, won't help you. The reason why I'm saying that is because we're all human beings in here, aren't we? We may look a little bit different, different colors, different shapes, different sizes, but we're all human beings. Guess what we're consisted of? We're consisted of a spirit, a soul, and a body. That's right. So that is our the the how God created us. So so here's the thing about that kind of knowledge. It's good. It, it can help you. I'm not talking bad about it. But the kind of knowledge that would really benefit us is what? Spiritual knowledge. Amen. 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 That the inner man, the spirit, because we have a spirit, our human spirit. When we were conceived in our mama's womb, guess what? That spirit, we were given that spirit that quickened us, so we became alive. Amen. So from conception, we became, a, 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 we were given a life-giving force that all the way through conception until we were born, all the way up until today, guess what? Our heart's pumping blood, isn't it? Amen. We're breathing, we're seeing, we're hearing, we're tasting, we're smelling. Amen. We can feel life. Mm -hmm. In this realm, <coughs> this realm is a real realm. Yep. Can anybody hear this? Yep. What does that tell you? There's something there, isn't it? This is called a pulpit, by the way. <laughs> 
And uh, it's real, isn't it? This this table right here is real. Can you hear that? So it tells you it's there, isn't it? Yeah. So you're not you're seeing something that is actually there. That's the material realm. It's real, isn't it? Now let me tell you about the spiritual realm. We can't see it, but it's even more real than this realm. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's right. So when we talk about being enlightened and, and receiving knowledge and understanding, it, it's good to get an education. Yes, it's good to learn a trade. I'm not talking bad about it. I went to school. Huh? And um, I learned some things. There were some things I learned that benefit me trying to, you know, I, I did work in the field of a counselor. Uh, now, you know, I've been a pastor for a, a long time. So I'm actually... Um, uh, trying to do my best to fulfill that that responsibility that that if you want to call it a job it's a job it's a calling whatever you want to call it um, so I'm doing that but here's the thing uh, I, I I've learned a lot of things I'm not boasting about myself I've learned a lot of things but nothing nothing has benefited me as what I've learned as far as uh, my spiritual being. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because it's brought me more contentment. It's brought me more satisfaction. It's brought me more peace. Amen. I've been able to know and understand what real love is all about. That's right. Yeah. What real joy, what real happiness, yeah. huh? Amen. Uh, what real peace is all about. Yeah. So guess what? My life is better. Amen. And that's what Jesus said. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But that is all a result of this. Now, if you go to John chapter, 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 5 there, look what he says. Uh, he said, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That's right. I want you to understand that about the God we serve. Some of you may not really be connected to him right now. Some of you may not really know him as closely as you may think you do. He's the person that's responsible for this world that we're living in. He's the person that's responsible for you. You wouldn't be here if he didn't create man. And the Bible says about God, in he is light and in him is no darkness at all. Get that, get that in your mind. Mm -hmm. No darkness in God. Nothing but light. Illumination. Well, let, let, let me, let me, uh, let me uh, be more, uh, how would I say? I'll give you the, the correct translation of that word because the New Testament's written in Greek and uh, this is translated to English. So the, the English translation says light, but the Greek translation says phos. Phos. P-H-O-S, pronounced false. And that means to shine or to make manifest. Mm -hmm. So we see that. In other words, God will make it real. Mm -hmm. Something that's made manifest is something that is presented to you that it will become real. So you know it's real. It's just like what I was doing earlier. This is real, isn't it? The chair you're sitting in is real. God is real. 
Amen. Amen. So we come to that understanding about that. And, and of course, let's go on a little bit further. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we're going to have fellowship with him. We're going to have a relationship. We're going to have companionship with him. We're, he's going to become, of course, he's our God. He, well, he wants to be your God. Amen. Amen. So if you, if you make that connection with him and you seek him, he will become your God. Amen. And that's where the fellowship comes into place is when you start to seek God. Guess what? You're, you're, you're coming to that point where you're starting to follow him and you're going to have a relationship with him. You're going to be connected with him. You're going to get to know him even personally. Amen. Wow. How many of you have ever thought about having knowing who God is? Anybody? Yeah. 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 Anybody ever wonder who who is God? Mm -hmm. Where is God? Mm -hmm. Anybody ever ask yourself, does God have a name? Maybe mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody ask that question. Yeah. yeah. Oh, does God have a name? Yeah. And you sit there and you go, and 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 I bet a lot of people say this. <clears throat> I wonder what He looks like. Mm -hmm. Those are good yeah. questions. Good questions. And guess what about those questions? They all have answers. Amen. That's right. And when we come to this place of walking with God, when we come into the light, we come into the light. Guess what? If these lights weren't on, we couldn't really see a lot of uh, uh, specific detail about our features. And it would be kind of a... Uh, It'll be a little bit dark in here, so we, I wouldn't be able to look at you and just look at all your features, the color of your eyes, because it would be dim, in it? So I wouldn't see you very clearly. I could just probably just get a picture of, or of your shape and, and everything like that. But because the light is on, guess what? I can see you really good. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Hallelujah. The color of your hair, the color of your eyes, the color of the clothes that you're wearing, I can see you really good. Nothing is obscure because the light is shining in here. So now I can get a very good, vivid, vivid picture of what you look like. Did you realize this? Did you realize this? We could get a very vivid picture of what God looks like. Yeah, amen. We can know him. We can know him. We can get to know him. We can understand him. He can become a personal friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. huh? Where we could have that relationship with him. And here's the thing. Knowing God brings a lot of different, uh, how would I say, a reaction. When we approach him, of course, right now, we may not be a friend, or he may not be our friend. Now, let me tell you something about what the Bible teaches, okay? If you're not a friend of God, you know what the Bible says you are? Enemy. His enemy. Mm 
Mm. Here's a good question. You can answer it if you want to, but if you don't want to, that's fine. Anybody in here hate God? No. I know a lot of people that hate God. Mm -hmm. yeah. They like to blame Him for a lot of things He's not even responsible for. That's right. That's right. They're angry at God for no reason at all. But you know, the adversary of our soul, the Bible calls him the devil. His name is Satan. His, when he was in heaven, he used to be called Lucifer. He would want us to believe and, and be angry at God. Mm -hmm. yeah. He would even want us to, to believe that there is no God. That's right. Yeah. So if he goes through all that trouble of trying to influence and trying to keep us from really getting close to God, what does that tell you? God is real. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so all this, you know, what I'm talking about, what he's talking about, the light. We walk in the light as He is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. What just happened today. Yes. Amen. Yes. Woo. Amen. Here's, here's, here's something. I'm a counselor. I can't divulge people's names and stuff like that. But I can, in, in general, in general, just give you general information working with people. Uh, we refer to them as clients. When we work with our clients, you know what a lot of my clients tell me? And I, I can share this with you. I don't have to divulge any names or anything like that. You know what they say? I want my life to change. I need help. I know my life can be better. In my mind, I, in my mind if I'm speaking as a counselor because I can't share my faith with anybody, that's the sad thing. In my mind, I say, you can. Yeah. Amen. Yep. You can. But talking as a minister, as a pastor, I can say, I can lead you to the one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yes, sir. I can point you his direction. Yes. Yes. And I can tell you, and I can promise you that. He won't let you down. That's right. Amen. I can promise you that he will make your life better. Amen. That you could have a good life. Everybody in here, be honest with yourself. You want a good life. Amen. And, and let me say, you can have a good life. Yes. But that's up to you. That's right. That's right. There's a lot of things standing in our way right now. We could probably write down a big list of a lot of things. Well, first thing is unbelief, yeah. doubt, yeah. Uh, disobedience, mm -hmm. huh? uh, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, uh, a lot of things, uh, sin, fornication, huh? hatred, uh, maybe even murder. Huh? A lot of things could be standing in our way right now, but guess what? That doesn't mean. You know what? He can help you with those things. Amen. He can remove those things from your life. And he can begin to work in your life to where you can actually experience a life free yes. from all that. That's right. Ooh, you know what's been amazing to me? I'm still in awe. I received the Holy Ghost 
in June 25th, 1982, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Woo! Yeah. Best experience I ever That's had right. in my life. Amen. You know what I'm saying that? Because I used to be a smoker. I used to be a doper. I couldn't tell you how many pills I took. I took quite a few pills. Acid, huh? I even tried some heroin. I even dipped my finger in cocaine and all that kind of stuff, trying to find that, you know, I wanted to find peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to find something good, but I went down the wrong road. And that morning, I went up to the altar, and I just said, Lord, I give up. Guess what happened? Boom! Amen. What happened to you, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Felt the power of God come on me, and all of a sudden, I knew I was talking in another language. That's right. Woo! Came Amen. to myself. And, Woo! Yes. Hallelujah. So, so I, I'm at all. You know, I was baptized... Uh, it was the 4th of July I was baptized in, 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 in just right after that. So it wasn't too long I was baptized in Jesus' name after that. Amen. All my sins were washed away. Mm. The old Harold Marshall was laid in that watery grave. That's right, yeah. that's right. In, the, in, in Arvada, Colorado. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. So it's been that long, and guess what? I wake up every now and then and I think about, man, it's been all these years? Hey, guess what? I don't have to smoke dope no more. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't have to pop pills no yeah. more. Yeah. I don't have to drink bud no more. Yeah. I don't have to drink scotch or whiskey or any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Huh? I don't have to cuss. Woo! I don't have to fight. Huh? I don't have to lie. Right. I don't have to do any of that. Why? Because he changed my life. Yeah. I'm living a better life. Yeah. Did you realize that he wants us to live a life without sin? That's right. A good life. So I'm at all sometimes I wake up and I go, woo! Yeah. yeah. Amen. Man. Wow. So, I, you know, I think about that and uh, thanks to him. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks to him. He delivered sin. Now, I want you to understand something. I'm going to, uh, I don't want to deviate from what I want to talk to you about here. But I want you to understand something now. Because a lot of people that read the scriptures, a lot of theologians, a lot of ministers, a lot of priests, a lot of lay readers, you name, whoever they are, people that try to expound the scripture will tell you it's not necessary for you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not necessary for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They'll tell you that. It's not, we don't do that no more. Huh? We don't, we don't do that no more. That's, that was for the, the church in the first century. In, in the first century, that was for, and they refer to that as the apostolic era. Right. Mm -hmm. if, you, if, you go, if you go to a, a seminary, if you go to a Bible college and you study theology, they always make reference to the first century as being the apostolic era. News for all these theologians. It's still the apostolic right. era. Amen. <laughs> It, it, it hasn't. It hasn't changed, and that's where they. That's where they. Uh, that's where they err in their teaching. So I'm telling you, I'm speaking to you the truth. You know why it's important for you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins? Just what happened to Jeremy today. Amen. Amen. We all, every human being. 
from creation, from Adam and Eve until today, are born in sin. Yes. Why do I say that? Because of their rebellion, they allowed sin to come into the world. Before, before sin was here, the world was created by God. It was innocent. There was no sin. There was no sickness. There was no death. Huh? There was nothing like that. But here, because sin came in, Satan spoke to that serpent and caused them to disobey God's word. So sin came and it just, what it did was it defiled the whole world yeah. and the human race. So as a result, when, when, when the writer in Hebrews 51, uh, 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 Psalm 51 says, we were all born in, we were shapen in iniquity. Yeah. We were born in sin. So we're all, that sin passed down upon us. So every person born until even the time that Jesus returns, every person that is born is born in sin. So we have to do something about the sin question. We have to deal with the sin. Do you know why we, we, we are the way we are right now? Do you know why we, we think the way we think right now? Sin. Yeah. Sin has an influence on you. Yes. So as a result of sin having an influence on you, that's why you think the way you think. That's why you walk the way you walk. That's why you talk the way you talk. That's why you live the way you live. Right. Sin is influencing you. Yes. So in order to break the power of sin, it's only done through Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the name of Jesus, now the name of Jesus, when it was first revealed to uh, Joseph, when the angel came to Joseph and said, hey, uh, Mary's going to have a baby. I'm just paraphrasing. Mary's going to have a baby, and she's going to bring forth a son, and we want you to call his name Jesus. Why Jesus? Could have been any other name. John, huh? Andrew, Thomas. Could have been any other name. But why Jesus? Jesus is the uh, rendition of the name used in the Old Testament, Yah. And, and they translate Jehovah. Yah, Yahweh, the name of God. Okay? So, he said, Call his name Jesus. So when you translate the meaning of the name Jesus, and the angel obviously translated, he said, because he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. That's what Jesus means, saving us from our sins. Amen. Amen. So that's why when we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ, did everybody hear me when I baptized Jeremy? Yes. I baptized him in Jesus' name. Yes. Why do we invoke the name of Jesus? Because in his name is the blood of Jesus. That's right. And so when we baptize in Jesus' name, because of Jesus' name being invoked upon any person that repents, guess what happens? The power that sin had over you is broken. Amen. Because of the name of Jesus and because of the blood of Jesus, the power that sin had over you is broken. And then not only that, you are cleansed from all that sin. Amen. So when we come up out of the water, just like Jeremiah did, guess, guess what? If you ask God about your sin, he'd say, what sin? Yeah, that's right. You're, you're a new, new creature, new creation. You don't have a past anymore. That's right. you have is a future. Hallelujah. Of the gospel. That's yes. the light. Woo. That's the light we're talking about. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse number 48, that uh, uh, 
Jesus Christ, the man that was uh, filled with the Spirit of God, went about doing good, anointed. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Mm -hmm. and, and what that means was this. He was breaking the power of Satan mm -hmm. over our lives. He was breaking the lordship of Satan over our lives. How did he do that? By revealing his name. Amen. And so, anyway, let me get back to my point. So when they tell us, you know, and, and I'm, I'm speaking from the point of view that I used to belong to a church that used to say that. And I believed it. I believed it. I said, well, if this is what the Bible says, then I guess it must be true. So I believe it, but I found out that's not what the Bible really said. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And when you go, when you read the Bible, you know, you, you read the Bible, did you, read that? did you realize this? The Bible is the inspired word of God. Mm -hmm. yes. Amen. Amen. So, it, it, it's, it's his word. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So when God spoke to them and said, hey, write this down. You know what they did? They wrote it down. Mm -hmm. So we know it's God's word. I mean, I've been there as far as proving my point about the scripture and Proven the authenticity of the scripture. And guess what? It is true. Amen. So I know it's true. So, so here's the thing. If it's true, and, and, and one thing about God is this. God never changes. He's still the same. Amen. He's still the same. He hasn't changed. But a lot of people like to change him. Right. A lot of people like to change his words. So, you know, the apostle, the apostle uh, Paul, if he wrote the book of Hebrews, he said that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and ever. In Hebrews 13, verse number 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and ever. So in other words, the same Jesus that preached the gospel in the first century is the same Jesus today. That's right. He has never yeah. changed. Right. So in other words, if he preached that message of salvation back then in the first century, guess what? That's the message of salvation that's supposed to be preached in this century. Yeah. So in other words, he's never changed. And, and how do we know that? Well, look what he says. Verse number 9. Be not carried about with, with divers and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied during other words. So he's talking about doctrine. Don't believe in any other doctrine. Believe the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's what we do. Guess what we're doing? We're walking in the light. Amen. Yes. We're walking in the light. Uh, go with me. If you, in the book of Job, let's go back, let's kind of, we're almost, we're coming, well, we got a little bit more time here. Uh, Job chapter 11. Now, I want you to see something. This is beautiful. Verse number 37. Oh, there's no, there's no, there's no. What is it? Oh, yeah. What am I doing? 
No, uh, Job, uh, hold on. And thine eye shall be clearer than the noonday. Okay, hold on here. Hold on a second. Sometimes I can't read my own handwriting. But that's what it looks like to me. So that's why I went there. Hold on. Hold on a second. I'll find it. Hold on a second. got to be the verse that's wrong. Hold on. I, um, people discover it. Okay. Okay. Hold on a second. Thine eye and, and thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. 1117. 1117. And thine eye shall be clearer than the noonday. Thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning. So when we talk about what it is to, to walk in the light. And thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. Did you realize this? Our, our relationship right now, obviously, we progress, we, we grow. Uh, the reason why I, I noted this down and I, and I wrote the wrong uh, verse down, I knew it was the wrong verse, but it was this, is, is that right now, our understanding, our understanding, when we first come to know God, our understanding sometimes at best is vague. Mm -hmm. Does anybody know what that means? Little, we can't see it clearly. It's obscure, it's kind of cloudy, kind of hazy. But when we draw when we draw nigh to him, when we come to him, if we walk with him, like John said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, if we fellowship with him, guess what's going to happen? More light is going to come into our lives. That's right. More 
understanding, more illumination. That's right. So he says, and thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. In other words, when we, when we grow and when we mature and develop, guess what? As we go along, our age is going to be clearer than the noonday. In other words, we're, we're going to be experience the light of God to where we can see very clearly. Thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning. So in other words, we're, we're going to come to that place of understanding in him that we will know. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? All the knowledge we could attain in the world, all the understanding, Paul was like that. He was an educated man. He was a knowledgeable man. But guess what he said? Everything I've learned so far is, is, is nothing. Can be counted as nothing. Why? Because guess what? <clears throat> the knowledge of God is deeper than any intellectual knowledge. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's right. So, so that's the importance about walking in and in, in having fellowship with Him is we can be able to come to that place, and and we can come to that understanding, and we can develop, Amen. Develop that relationship based upon what we experience and what we know. My, my. Now, here's, here's something about God. I used, to, I used to believe this when I was growing up. It was etched in my, it was etched in my mind, and um, every time we would go to church, whenever we went to church, of course, every, every, every uh, church is like that. Every fellowship is like that. And uh, we would go into the church, and in the vestibule of the church, of course, they would have diff different things hanging on the walls. And I remember one thing they always had there going into the church was they had a picture of a portrait of Jesus. It was supposed to be Jesus. Have any of you ever seen that picture? Mm. Yeah. Yes. He's got long, flowing hair. He's got a beard. Blue eyes, fair complexion, and we, we would all look at that and go, "Wow, he's he's really a a, a, a nice looking human being. He's a nice man." You look at that picture and you go, "Wow!" And I always thought that, "Wow, huh. I never realized this. That wasn't even him." That's right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It was an image that somebody that, that Michelangelo. Painted, and it was a man, <coughs> a model that he found, and he looked pleasing to Michelangelo. So, you know what Michelangelo said? He said, Can I paint your portrait? He says, Go right on ahead. And so, he painted his portrait. So, that's an image of a model. We don't even know his name, but he, he was the image for Jesus. So, everybody looks at that image and they go, Wow, <laughs> Jesus was a nice looking fellow. And, and he had long hair. Wow. And a, and a lot of people say this. Well, why did he have long hair? Anybody ever ask that question? 
Somebody, one time I heard some people talking about, why did Jesus have long hair? So one of the answers that I heard about Jesus having long hair was this, a, a person said, well, he was, he was, uh, he, he was uh, a Nazarite. Has anybody ever read the, the story about Samson? Mm -hmm. yes. Samson in the Old Testament, in the book of Judges, was a Nazarite. An angel came and spoke to his parents and said that uh, you're going to have a son and, and, and we want you to raise him up. Don't give him no strong drink. Don't cut his hair. And, and of course, he had, you know, he had, they call it the vow of a Nazarite. He was going to be a person that wasn't going to be a person that was given to a lot of the, the, be, you know, the negative or sinful behavior. So he took, his parents took the vow of the Nazarite for Samuel, I mean, Samson, and they said, don't cut his hair. So his hair was long. That's a Nazarite. So, so they said, he was a Nazarite. But guess what? Jesus was not a Nazarite. Right. You know why they said he was a Nazarite? Because he was from Nazarene. Yeah. So let's just, let's just break this all up. He was a Nazarene, but he wasn't a Nazarite. So that debunks the theory that he had long hair. Mm -hmm. yeah. He never had long hair. Right. Did you realize this, that Jewish males were commanded in the scripture, in the Old Testament, you read it in the book of Deuteronomy, you read it in other passages of scripture, that Jewish males pulled their hair. Mm -hmm. right. Did you know what that means? Cut it. They cut their hair. Mm -hmm. So in other words, they cut their hair. They gave themselves a haircut. So they, their hair was not long. And, and of course, you know, they, they did grow beards. They did wear beards. Okay? But, so Jesus never looked like that. He never had long hair. Never had long hair. And if he, what the Bible says, when he was growing, when he was growing up, and when he grew in, in stature and in wisdom, you know what? If he grew in stature and wisdom, he obviously he honored the word of God. Right. He honored the, the teachings of the prophets. And so as a result, guess what? He had to keep the law. So if he kept the law, guess what? He, obviously he cut his hair. Yeah. Is that interesting? Amen. So a lot of people think Jesus had long hair. No. I'm sorry to say he was not a hippie. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And he wasn't light-skinned either. He was a Jew. Huh? Jews weren't light-skinned. Now they're assimilated, so they have light skin. But the original full-blooded Jews were not light-skinned people. Guess what? They were probably probably about Sister Marquita's color right there. <laughs> maybe, maybe even a little bit more. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to offend you, Sister. I'm just saying that he wasn't. He wasn't a person that had pale skin. That's right. I would, I would use myself as an example, but people say I'm pale skin, so I don't dare use myself as an example. So he had to be that color. He was not white. Right. He was a Jew. Amen. Okay. So, that's what happens when you walk in the light. Yes, sir. You, you come to a certain understanding about Jesus and about who he was. And, and his life and everything about him, what he came to do and all this. So, so but, but here's the thing. Coming to the light. 
walking in the light. Letting that light shine. Letting it shine upon you. So that you can see. So that you can know. If light is shining, if God's light is shining in your life, here's the thing. You're not going to be in darkness. You're not going to be in darkness. Take that literally or take it. Take it spiritually. Or take it metaphorically. When we walk in God's light, we're not going to be in darkness. We're going to be able to see clearly around us. Our environment, our life is not going to be, amen, subject to darkness like it used to be. And, and that could go so many different ways, not just in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. Not understanding, not knowing, not knowing who God is. But here, the light of God is shining. Boom. And now it's... It's revealing. Now it's because it's revealing, it's manifesting, and now we're seeing clearly. Now we can see the image of God more clearly. Yeah. Our people, the Lakota people, refer to him as Wakan Tanka. That was one of the names when they prayed Wakan Tanka, or they would say Tungashila. Uh, Tungashila, grandfather. Or after, after all the tribes were situated on reservations, this expression came up, Ate uh, Wakan. That was because of the religious influence. Ate Wakan. Heavenly Father, our Holy Father. Ate Wakan. Okay? But they knew him as Wakan Tanka. Wakan Tanka. And, and when I, when I, you know, I, I knew uh, several translations of that. And, and when I asked a, a holy man, a medicine man, I said, why did they call him Wakantanka? He said, well, I said, I said, what does it translate? He said, the great mystery. And I said, why did they call him the great mystery? He said, because there was a lot that they did not know about him. So I said, that makes sense. <laughs> There's a lot of human beings that don't know a lot about God. Huh? They, don't, they don't know who he is. And, and, and so I, I thought to myself, I said, well, that's, that's interesting. I said, that's good. I said, but you know what? I know who God is. He looked at me and like, you do? I said, yes. I said, I know who God is. So he said, do I? Who? So I said, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Jesus. He went, hmm. I said, yep. Jesus is Wakanda. Amen. 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 Just kind of like, was quiet. You see, 
We're blessed because uh, listen, listen to what the Apostle Paul. I'm almost done here. I got this. Done. But listen to what the Apostle Paul said. Let's go to uh, uh, the book of Second Timothy, and I got a couple more scriptures here. Then, but uh, look what he says. chapter in the in the 16th verse he says and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness great is the mystery of godliness god was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels Preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So here we have a, a man, what we would call evidence from the Apostle Paul describing about the controversy of God. Great is the, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was. Look what he says. Manifest. In the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. And he was received up into glory. Now, now look at to what he's saying. Look at all, all what he's saying about uh, Jesus. And if, if you listen to what he's saying. Who is he talking about? Well, obviously Jesus. Mm -hmm. God was manifest in the flesh. That's who he's talking about, God. But look at what he's saying. Look at the, the descriptions that he's talking about. He was, he was manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. So when, when you looked at Jesus, you weren't just looking at a, 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 a man. You were looking at a God-man or God in the flesh. He was manifest in the flesh. Amen. He was justified in the spirit. And he was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. He was received up into glory. So, so that, that is a description of Jesus. God was manifest. Now, you know what that is? That's light. Amen. That's light. We have just been, we have just been illuminated by the light of God's word. Amen. Okay. You go over into Second Corinthians, and this will be my last scripture verse for the evening. Look what it says in Second Corinthians, and chapter four. Look what he says. Verse number two, 
but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Now look what he says. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Pay attention to that. He said the God of this world. But you notice it's not capital G. It's not a big G. It's a little G. The God of this world. Who is the God of this world? Satan. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light, look what he says, of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So in other words, if we want to know, if we want to see God, guess how we're going to see Him? We look in Jesus' face because He's God. Yes. So God does have a face. He does have a person. That's right. He, he had a body. He had a human body. Now it's glorified. Praise God. Thank you. I hope that helps some of you. Amen. I don't want to. It's just food for thought. Yeah. Something to think about. Something to meditate on. Praise God. Tomorrow night we will be having rehearsals for all you musicians and singers. Uh, 7 o'clock. Friday evening, of course, is going to be ministerial development, so be sure to come for that. It should be very good. Amen. And then, of course, this weekend, regular services on Sunday morning and Sunday evening. So thank you for coming, and uh, congratulations to Jeremy and Amen. 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 So you all dismiss people and another greet our visitors, I guess. <laughs>